Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game. Hello, Mike. Hi, Leah. Well, we're very excited. Mike, do you want to introduce Richard, who has a very lengthy and impressive resume? Yes, I do, Richard. It, it is wonderful to have you with us. And I just want to let everybody know a little bit about who you are. You have been a contributing editor of investigations for Forbes magazine since 2012. You've written for Time magazine, for Fortune, for Forbes. You are famous. You have the right in- guy? I do. We have the right I guy. Do. Oh, okay. Just checking. Richard has received many prestigious awards, the Gerald Loeb Award, Conscience in Media Award, Worth Bingham Prize, George Polk Award, Overseas Press Club Award, the Jack Anderson Award twice, and on August 5th, penned an article in Forbes magazine about Representative Karen Bass and her statements about Scientology. We're going to address that a little bit later because I want to go into a bit more of the background about Rich and he is the author of perhaps the most comprehensive and far-reaching article in the Mm -hmm. history of Scientology, Mm -hmm. which was published in Time Magazine in May of 1991 cover story entitled The Thriving Cult of Greed and Power, Ruined Lives, Lost Fortunes, Federal Crimes, Scientology Poses as a Religion but Really is a Ruthless Global Scam, and Aiming for the Mainstream. That's quite a title, Rich. Yeah, and and, and not to mention, guys, the importance of Time Magazine at the time was astronomical, being that there was no internet. So it was the most influential magazine at the time and Scientologists like me of course were forbidden from even looking at it and you Mike <laughs> well no I looked at it Leah yes you're right That's so exactly I should clarify right. Mike was yeah. the head at the time Mike was the head of Scientologist department of I don't know how do you describe yourselves the the hitmen of Scientology. Uh, I'm going to uh, get a truth. picture of you guys. Yes, since please. You're confessing everything. Okay, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, go is the uh, uh, you were the depart you were part of the Department of Scientology that goes after people telling the truth about Scientology. So of course you would have been told you needed to read it, and then I'm sure the fair gaming began. But anyway, go ahead. Mikey, you you want to add anything? Well, I just wanted to add something, Rich, that you may not understand from your perspective at the time. The reason that Time Magazine and that article was so, so important was David Miscavige believed that it would be the biggest threat to gaining tax-exempt status for Scientology. Because it's true. And he was right. Right. Time had enormous influence, and the fact of the matter is that the IRS responds to pressure from the media and pressure from Congress and elected officials. And Miscavige was in the battle of his life at that time because L. Ron Hubbard had decreed in his estate planning that the distribution of his wealth and assets could only go to a tax-exempt organization, an IRS-recognized tax-exempt organization. And we've talked about this at some length at other places, and we'll no doubt talk about it more. But Rich, understand, at that moment in time, it was the single most important thing that Miscavige believed that he had to accomplish which was gaining tax-exempt status for Scientology. And your article threw a massive wrench in the works of that, and that is why you saw the reaction that you saw, which is unprecedented in the history of Scientology. There has never been a response or reaction like that. Now, we've talked a lot. I know that you had earlier done an article in Fortune magazine about Hubbard and Scientology and the tax status of Scientology. In 1986, right? Yeah. Did, and, yeah, it was called The Prophet and Prophets of Scientology. 
But at that time, the urgency of gaining tax-exempt status wasn't what it was in 1991. So you saw a very different reaction to the Time Magazine article than you did to the earlier article that you had written. But let me ask you, why did you embark on that 1991 article to begin with? Uh, is our time up? It was very yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, thank video. you, Richard, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Uh, yeah. It started with the 1986 uh, Forbes piece because I was on the Forbes 400 as a reporter. The, the Forbes 400 had began a few years before. And one of the files I was given by an editor was Hubbard mm -hmm. just to look into it to see if he belonged on the Forbes 400 richest Americans list. Wow. And the more I looked into the file and the more I started reading articles about him and the group, I just became so fascinated with it and started doing interviews and just thought there's an article here. So that article basically came from that. And then Richard, at the time when you were then, doing yeah. mm -hmm. this, uh, this, the, your preliminary, uh, you know, look into L. Ron Hubbard, did you come across any anything on fair game? Were you alerted to the fact that if you dug deep, well, you don't really need to dig that deep in Scientology. Did you see things on fair game? Did you? Um, oh, I was aware of fair game. I think we mm -hmm. mentioned it in the piece. From what I remember, the church wouldn't talk to me. Nobody would talk to me. But then right before publication, like a box, boxes or cartons of documents just showed up. We thought, oh, this has to be a way of just delaying the piece. Right. So the lawyer said, just go through it, see what's there, pull stuff, you know. Um, and what and, was it? And what, one of the, oh, it? just, just, you know, photocopies of basically useless stuff. But few, a few of the things I picked up um, were, I, I still have the letter actually that uh, uh, our attorney sent back to, uh, Scientology is a pretty good letter, but I think basically said, you know, just two of the things we picked up at random were, were false uh, right. out of this box. Right. So, you know, um, that's it. You know, so uh, there was a private eye yeah. or, or two who started phoning around to the staff and I can't remember posing as what or I can't remember. Do you remember the questions that they were being asked? No, or not at that time. Okay, so in so and they so, threatened to sue, but didn't. So there wasn't really uh, a fair game against me in any you know meaningful way until when? Well, when I went to Time Magazine, of mm -hmm. course, I I took uh, my files with me, and you know the thing about Scientology when you do a major piece. It, it doesn't go away. You know, people yeah. reach out to you. People contact you. Right. Yeah. It's actually, you know, like gum stuck in the bottom of your shoe. You can't, you yes. can't get it off. Um, right. And uh, by 1991, so much string, I gathered so much string on it. The file was growing and I thought, you know, this is a bigger piece. This, mm -hmm. this needs to be in time. Right. And uh, the LA Times did a great series the year right. before. Mm -hmm. 90. Yeah. And uh, we did it. And uh, did not expect the kind of reaction we got. I didn't realize it was uh, primarily due to the tax status, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but there, but it really, uh, my God, it hit an artery. It, it flew off the newsstand. Yeah. One of the best-selling issues we received, and I still have them, I think. Yeah. More than a thousand letters, written letters. Yeah. And I think that set a record, if I remember correctly. Letters of support from, from, and from people who uh, were angry letters or supporters yeah. or oh. former members. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I think it ran about 10 to one against the church, the letters, right. if right. my memory's right. Right. The ad campaign and then the litigation and then the private eyes were relentless. Well, let's talk about um, that. So, so yeah. in 1991, Time Magazine comes out, like, like you guys said, the thriving cult of, of greed and power. And then, come, and then David Miscavige starts to go insane uh, with the response and the truth getting out there. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over some of the the things that that occurred uh, from from this. So the fair gaming begins pretty full on, right, Mike? This is the time when you guys are really yeah. It began before publication. Yes, time. of course. Sure. And, you got. Uh, I'm sure you got many, many legal threats. In, in fact, I was getting annoyed at times because. 
the piece was sitting there and the private eyes were tailing me and it was relentless. And the piece was just sitting there for weeks because they wanted to make it a cover, but they had other stuff happening. And I, my recollection is Kitty Kelly and the Kurds. Mm. There was, there were, these were the biggest stories that kept getting, and, and I actually said to, wrote to an editor saying, Hey, you know, what's going on here? Right. I mean, you know, I'm, dealing with this right. <laughs> let's get the piece in already so then right. then, then it got in but and no, had you pride, been followed yeah. richard i mean because you have a pretty extensive career i mean you've covered lots of uh subjects that that would cause you as a reporter and journalist uh concern uh but were you shocked by the pis following i mean the, had this ever happened to you prior to scientology doing a piece on scientology well let me just thank the, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm remembering I did a piece on organized crime, a big one for Time mm. Magazine. And uh, before, I think it was, yes, it was before the Scientology piece. And it said something about the Genovese family being, you know, the best and most important family. And mm -hmm. I, I think I'm one of the families I said, you know, brains like ashtrays or what people say about mm. them. Mm -hmm. And I came back to my apartment building in the lobby. My mailbox was painted black. Mm -hmm. And one of my sources, who was an FBI informant in organized crime, told me that it was done in retaliation by a low-level mobster who right. got reamed out for it. Right. Right. Well, th there's the difference. I mean, I'd rather, would you, between the two, I'm sure you'd rather have the mafia after you than Scientology. <laughs> The so I don't remember anything. Uh, now I don't know. Did I have private eyes before that? Doing side, I, I don't remember. Right. Okay. Yeah. So in nineteen, so after the Time magazine comes out, it's a huge hit. Then comes full page color ads in USA Today every day for twelve weeks. Right in May and June of nineteen and ninety one. Yeah. Oh, and it was ending with a forty eight page. I saved them. I have them all. They're you do. Of, okay. Oh yeah, amazing. <laughs> so so what happened there was. The day the article actually appeared and we first got a copy of it, Miscavige called me, Marty Rathbun, Warren McShane, and a few others into a conference room. These are, all religious... Sea Org These are all Sea Org members, right, Mikey? Yep. Senior officials of Religious Technology Center, mm. which is his organization, and myself into a conference room in his building and said, okay, we're going to war. What are we going to do about this? And he came up with a number of things that had to be done. One was suing Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. Number two was connecting Time Magazine to what he believed was the underlying cause of this attack and assault, which was Scientology exposing Eli Lilly's drug Prozac, mm -hmm. which is a, a crazy story that I will get to in a minute, Richard. And number three was, we are going to destroy the reputation of Time Magazine, and then we are going to do what L. Ron Hubbard says, fill the vacuum about Scientology. Mm -hmm. And the destruction of the reputation of Time Magazine was a series of full-page ads in USA Today, which went into historical facts about, you know, William Luce, the founder of, of Scientology, of uh, Time Magazine Henry. and his Henry Luce, I'm sorry, Henry Luce and his experiments with LSD and the fact that in 1932 or something, Time Magazine had put Adolf Hitler on the cover as the man of the year and Mussolini and these ads were designed to create the impression that you couldn't trust anything that Time Magazine said. Right. What happened was David Miscavige, Marty Rathbun, and myself went to USA Today to get them to agree to run the ads, and this was no easy task. Mm -hmm. We ended up meeting with the publisher of USA Today, Tom Curley, in his office, who later went on to become the head of AP in New York mm -hmm. and persuaded him that whether he liked it or not, 
the information in the ads was factual, so they didn't have a basis for turning it down, and that they would be sued if they refused and discriminated against Scientology for refusing to run the ads. Mm. So, and what do these ads cost, Mike? What what do you remember wow. what these ads cost? If you had to guess, like I, you know, maybe a hundred grand per. It, w- it was a three so, million dollar ad campaign. Is yeah, what so I yeah, that's fifty grand per because it was twelve weeks, five days a week, mm. full page color ads in USA Today. It was a very expensive proposition, and along with that, there was these publications at the end of that run of ads. There was a forty-eight page booklet, uh, you know shouting about the virtues of Scientology that was inserted into all copies of USA Today in the United States. There was another booklet published called uh, Fact Versus Fiction, which went through Rich's article and nitpicked every little thing and claimed that it was all false based on the fact that, you know, it was sort of a typical Scientology dead agent caper. Every re- every source of information was an unreliable source of information. Mm-hmm. Every fact in there was somehow wrong. You know, the birth date of L. Ron Hubbard wasn't March 13th, 1912. It was March 13th, 1911. If you got that wrong, you must have got everything wrong. That I didn't get of, that wrong, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm just <laughs> giving you. that as an example. <laughs> it was crazy that I have it. I have that uh, the story time wouldn't tell. The, the, I have it. It's really something. I have the booklet, but uh, the cover of it is um, like a 1950s style editor's room with mm. two shadows behind the door. And an editor scolding a reporter, you could see. Um, right. Oh, that'd be great if we could get that. Oh, well, I've it. got, I think I have it, and I think I have a picture of it. But if not, yeah. I'll reach out to you, Rich, and I'll get you to take a, a copy of it. And but then, that, Mike, was that the Freedom Magazines? Were the Freedom Magazines doing those hit pieces on journalists? Is that the same thing, or was there something different then? It was, its, it was like its own publication. It Got was you. a publication of Freedom Magazine called mm. The Story Time Couldn't Tell. Mm. And that was the, the description of the supposed conspiracy between Eli Lilly and Time Magazine. And the Eli Lilly had coerced Time Magazine into publishing this article about Scientology by offering to buy 750,000 copies of the magazine up front on the basis that they'd do a hit piece in it. And Mm -hmm. this was to retaliate against the exposure of the dangers of Prozac, which was costing Eli Lilly sales of their mind-altering drug. This was the entire conspiracy laid out in this booklet. And along with that was a lawsuit filed against Time Magazine for $416 million and a lawsuit filed against Eli Lilly and the parent company of of Hill & Knowlton, the Washington PR firm. I mean, these conspiracies were enormously complicated and not very well-founded, but were on the basis that Scientology at that time was operating on what Hubbard said, you file lawsuits not for the purpose of winning, but for the purpose of harassing. So who believed all this stuff you just said? Did Miscavige believe it? Did you believe it, these conspiracy theories? I think I did believe it, but, you know, I believed a lot of crazy shit back then, Rich. (laughs) I Like, it, it comes with you have a mindset of the world and how is the world and what's going on and why are people doing things and the media is all merchants of chaos and et cetera, et cetera. So even though it may have been thinly put together, there was enough that matched the the worldview that it was, yep, this this has got to be it. And, and at the other, and at the same time, Richard, I should add to add to what Mike is saying, it doesn't matter that you were telling the truth; it only matters that you were speaking. 
And that's what Scientologists and Scientology has a problem with. I knew what people were saying was true, and there were things I didn't know about, right? But it didn't matter. The brainwashing, that's the result of it is like, yeah, 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 that's true, Leah, that, that, you know, that happened, or that's true to this person that you were raped by a Scientologist or molested by your Scientology father, but you shouldn't be saying it publicly against Scientology. So that is the problem, that you mm-hmm. are speaking not necessarily that what you're saying is untrue. It's that Mike and people of OSA and Scientology in general just don't want you to speak Got about it. the truth. But did Miss Cabbage believe that crap, the conspiracy stuff, or no? no. Well, who knows? I don't know. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But it do, it it sort of doesn't matter. He believed it enough to invest a few hundred million dollars in it. It's not his money, of course, but, you know, is that different than truly believing it? I don't know. And I know, and it's a sort of a distinction that I'm not sure is, has any real reason or value to, to make even, you know. You said several hundred million dollars. That's a big number. I mean, that didn't go against us. It, it includes Lily and all the other battles. Yes, and all of the media, and all of the the paying of ads, and you know PIs. hiring of PIs, and and paying lawyers. You know, the Time Magazine suit was one case that was litigated in New York, but then there were ancillary cases litigated in Los Angeles that went on forever, and there was the Lilly case that went on. There there was cases against. Because Reader's Digest then republished a version of yes. your article yes. all over the world. And we sued Reader's Digest in like Holland and Switzerland and Italy and maybe 20 countries is my recollection. All over the place. And how long and, did this lawsuit and, go on for, Mike? Well, I was deposed. It went on, uh, it also went on for a decade. I was deposed for like over 30 days and i for remember what? i had great I lawyers uh, great lawyers and i remember yeah. saying to floyd abrams floyd was our main lawyer he did pentagon papers he's one of the you know probably the top first amendment lawyer in the world right and i said to floyd floyd how how is this possible that the church declined to even answer one of my questions mm-hmm. and i have to sit here for 30 days and mm-hmm. answer all of theirs and he mm-hmm. said he said, you know, the problem is they have the money, they have the resources, and your article is so extensive and lengthy and your files are so vast that they actually are allowed to just spend a whole day on a paragraph if they want to. And Mike, this was purposeful, right? This was this, Absolutely. You, can you give us some insight into the conversations that go on? Absolutely. The big fear at that time, was that this was going to begin an avalanche of media mm-hmm. that was going to expose all sorts of things all over the place. And then it wouldn't just be the problem of Time Magazine and Reader's Digest. Mm-hmm. It would become the problem that now it was the Boston Globe. Now right. it's the Dallas Morning News. Now it's this. Now it's that. And right. th- you succeeded exactly because i thought wow after this the press isn't going to be afraid the chilling effect is over (laughs) you're going to see all these articles and no actually that didn't happen media (laughs) outlets were chilled and i saw it again and again i saw media outlets calling me and saying you know hey we're going to do a piece can you help us and then the piece is killed Right. The church threatens them. It doesn't air. Right. And I remember thinking, well, maybe I ought to do a book. So I got a book agent yeah. and the book agent chopped it around to the big houses. Yeah. And I said, look, here's here are the <clears throat> terms of mine. Number one, the book proposal is not going to be on paper. <laughs> Right, because they'll get it, <laughs> right, right, and they'll sue me, and, right. and I'll be sued without backup of Time Magazine, etc. Right, right, right. Number two, I want a lot of money because this is going to be the rest of my life. So right. they'll go after me. <laughs> yes, and uh, I forgot this. Oh, I, I want to be indemnified. 
Right. So she came back to me and she said, no book publishing house of the majors wants to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Right. I, nobody wants, I, I mean, Larry did that. Larry did a great book. You guys, sure. did, you know, everyone's done great books now, but back then, and I said, you know, it's so sad. I mean, why don't three or four of the top publishing houses band together right. and do a book you know, do, uh, the book we had to band together to publish. Right, right, right. Wouldn't that have been a great idea from yeah, a marketing but, yes, standpoint? Yes, of course. And you know he what? He said, Mike? not going to happen. Right, because exactly. You guys, because you guys have already spent, I think it was $6 million defending the case yeah. at that point. And they don't know if they'll sell enough. I mean, it's just sort of a losing proposition. And for Mike, them. that is the purpose of fair game, what you're saying, right? 10 years of litigation, millions and millions of dollars are being spent. Richard's being followed. He's being exhausted. He's breaking down. People are dropping like, you know, like flies. And this is the purpose, right? Mike, a fair game is to silence people. And like Richard said, it was successful. It was. Yes. Yeah. It was very successful. Yes. I mean, I still fight, Leah, as you know, with the media today mm -hmm. saying, look, I know what I know how it looks to you, but that's not actual reality. Do you mm -hmm. know that Scientology lost the case against Time magazine? That Do went on for that 10 was, years. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Mike, <laughs> you're right. Because I remember when Floyd called me and said, it's over, you won. You know, when the Supreme Court, I guess, decided not to hear. And I said, really, Floyd, what did I win? Right. <laughs> and he said, you won the right to be left alone. Right. <laughs> and did well, that, that happen? That's a great answer. <laughs> it that's is a great, great answer. answer. Absolutely right. If you've had to deal with what Richard's had to deal with and as well, the most egregious is Paulette Cooper. Oh, yeah, Paulette. Yeah. And Paulette Cooper, who had to go through this for 10, 15 years as well, also a, journal yeah. also a journalist, not a Scientologist, never was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. But but ultimately, it's the okay, point is, and the message we want to send is that they ultimately, it, you know, it was dismissed and Scientology lost. Yes, but here, and here's the thing. When, when you're sued for libel and it goes on like that, it affects your career because you become a half-time defendant. Right. So you, you can only be a half-time journalist. Right. I mean, for 10 years, that wasn't the case, but there were such long periods um, like that. And that's, uh, that's how you defeat a reporter in a sense. But, right. you know, I mean, I'm not defeated. I mean, so no. I remember like uh, 20 days into the deposition or something, and it was just, uh, I was tired. Sometimes I had my head on the table. Right. And they're asking questions. And, you know, nasty, nasty, nasty stuff sometimes. And at a certain point, I just felt, come on. Is that the best you can do? I thought. Right. You know, the, the more you are awful, the more I realize I'm so glad I did that piece. Right. right. So right. keep coming. What else you got? And they were nasty. I mean, they cried into family. They, they, I remember the, you know, some of the questions were just really awful. Um, but by the way, before I do, I, I, the tax exempt status, I remember the day that you guys got tax exempt status because the next day they came in, the lawyers came in for a deposition and God, were they smiling? They were just, mm. I mean, they just looked at me like, Look what we got. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I'll give you an example that stands out. They always try to throw you off base. Like, uh, Mr. Behar, you said that you uh, didn't read all of Dianetics. Mm -hmm. This is way into the depositions. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. um, did you read chapter whatever? Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, well, let us tell you that on that chapter, um, Mr. Hubbard talked about uh, fetal development and whatever's going on in the world of a fetus affects that person. Mm -hmm. I start smiling because I know exactly where they're going. Where? And they said, uh, Lubell or whoever said, Mr. Behar, when you were a fetus, what? 
you know, what was going, I'm paraphrasing. I'd have to look at the transcript. No, no, this is bad enough. You don't. It's the Bay Har, when you were a fetus, what was going on in your world? And I just remember, I mean, I had to basically, I, I think I wanted to throw my sleeve down my throat to start right. from laughing. Right. And, and Floyd or Dean, uh, my lawyers, one of, uh, one of them said, Mr. Behar will not be answering questions about his life as a fetus. <laughs> and, you know, we'll go to the judge and see if the judge thinks that this is a, but their argument was I was a ward of the state my whole childhood, actually. Oh. And the church knew this, the church right. dug into my, uh, family background in some very bad ways or the private eyes, you know, however you want to say it on behalf of the church, but they were trying to make the point that there was turmoil going on in my world when I was a fetus. Mm -hmm. And when I read Dianetics, that chapter, I must've read and it got me angry. Mm. I see. And, and decided Mike, to go after the church as a result. That was their theory. Oh, I see. So you, okay. They wanted to ask those questions. And Mike, uh, the, the purpose of this, as you're sitting around, all of you uh, horrible, nasty people, you're thinking, okay, so we dig into his past. We find the most sensitive uh, to just destroy him. You hope that he walks out of the room destroyed. And depleted of of any humanity. <laughs> I mean, like any. I mean, what is the what are these conversations? Well, we've talked a few times, Leah, about mm-hmm. this idea that a dismissed attacker mm-hmm. or someone who is shuddered into silence mm-hmm. is the objective that Hubbard lays out for someone like Rich. Right. So it is. What is it that is his buttons? What is it that he is seeking to protect? What is it that is going to upset him to make him not want to continue? Just throw up his hands and walk away from this. And you're right. Yes. So he'd go home that night. Do (laughs) anything relating to Scientology ever again. And Rich, before we go on, I have to say to you, I am sincerely sorry for these things that happened to you. They are... It, it like hurts my heart talking yeah. about this with you in particular mm-hmm. and a lot of other people that I've, I've talked to, but yeah. it's, it's ah. an abomination. And I want to say, you know, you were right. You were absolutely right. And the effort was to try and make it appear that you were in fact wrong that you didn't know what you were doing, you were lying, you didn't, and to convince other people of that, and you were so on the ball. I mean, when I read, reread today, the title of your article, I went, hey, you summed the whole thing up without even having to write the article. Mm. That first two lines is the story of Scientology. So... Please accept well, my apology. Of course I do, but it, you don't need to. I mean, I, I, I don't know if they realized who they were dealing with because, again, going back to my childhood and going back to who I am, you know, I'm not a snowflake. And if you're going to come after me like that, it's, it's just, it's just going to, you know, rub off me like water. Um, and it just shows who you are. Right. And how glad I am that I did the piece. Not you. I'm talking about. No, uh, no, I got that. The larger, yeah, the you, church. You would have and, every and, right and, to say you, meaning you. Yeah, I, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, you know? exactly. it's sort of like <laughs> this California cult. I mean, what do you? Come on, I'll show you how we do things downtown. Right. Um, it, it just didn't. It was annoying. It was time consuming. But. Right. Uh, I remember, yeah, there's one thing. I don't want to talk about one thing. They're dug into my family. I, I, maybe I'll write about it someday. But I remember the lawyers called me in and said, whoa, we just found out that Church Private Eye did X relating to your family um, history. And they were like, are you okay? You know, they, they were worried. We're in the middle of this million-dollar litigation. Right. Is that going to really throw me? And I just smiled and I said, wow, wow, that's low. And I said, look, that's, you know, 
I'm glad I did the piece. Yes. All of this is just so much proof that I'm glad I did this piece and I do it again. Wow. So it didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't get to me. But. Well, great. I mean, that that's you're you're very resilient. I mean, uh, thank you on behalf thank of you. Like you yeah. said, the many the many Scientologists, ex Scientologists, the people who avoided getting into Scientology because of the pieces that you you put out. But are you continued to be shocked? I know you did an interview for CNN because you saw the same type of fair gaming going on with Lawrence Wright, who wrote the book, and then Alex Gibney, who did the documentary with Lawrence Wright going clear, you saw similar, you, you saw again, Scientology is continuing to fair game. And there were many in, people in between, <laughs> uh, including the IRS, which is how they got their tax exempt status by fair gaming individual IRS criminal investigation agents. Is that what they're called, Mike? Agents? Or, yes. Yeah. Is it shocking to you, Richard, to see that it's still continuing on? I'll tell you what's shocking to me. By the way, Mike, I'll just say you don't need to apologize because look what you're doing now. Right. I mean, my God, look at that's just you're helping so many people. Yes. Um, I think Mike, I'm did you hear Thank that? You. Mike, yeah. did you hear that? I know it's because, you know, I see Mike and I know Mike. We're very close and, you know, these things hurt him. And, you know, I joke when I bust Mike's balls, but you know, Mike is one of the rare people there's, and there's, there's, there are people out there like Mike who are doing the work, but Mike continues to admit to what he's done. Mike continues to do the work. He does it day in, day out without being paid everybody. And he does it because he is a good person and he is trying to make right and there the, what he's done and he doesn't have to believe me mike could just go right. off and live his life so i don't want anybody to think that mike owes anybody shit he doesn't nope. owe anybody shit he doesn't. there are people Absolutely. who have done worse than mike who have taken a payout from scientology and are doing nothing they're sitting on a beach somewhere uh, or they're having their mortgage paid by Scientology by attacking us or attacking those who are telling the truth. And uh, Mike is a hero in my eyes. And, you know, I don't want anybody, uh, you, if you are not a friend of Mike Rinders, you are no friend of mine. Um, so anyway, Mike, um, I love you, you. And I, um, um, Richard, I, thank you for saying that to Mike. He needs to hear that. Oh, good. I'm glad. From Besides other people than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank besides, you, thank you besides yeah. Mike, you know, I, I'll get you back. I mean, you know, I gotta, <laughs> you're a New no, Yorker. No, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, I have to say though, that when you were apologizing, I was like, my mind went to, uh, um, Sarah Silverman's, uh, line uh, when she was doing a skit and she said, you know, a, a German woman came up crying and apologizing for the Holocaust. And she said, ah, it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought that was so you know it, it was uh, and look yes, uh, yes. i didn't go through a holocaust you right, know right. so yeah, i know but but anyway thank but you but you for went that. through a yeah, lot yeah. And, and we sure appreciate <laughs> we sure it's nothing I mean, listen, you know, back then, you know, I would have been of the same ilk. I wasn't in the Seward, but I I would have yeah. Uh, yeah. viewed you as yeah. an enemy, as a Hitler, as Scientology depicts anyone mm -hmm. speaking out yeah. against Scientology, uh, and as an enemy to mankind. And uh, that is how Scientology yeah. currently views yeah. all of us. Sure. <laughs> and anyone speaking out. So, the thing that you, yeah. you asked me before, the thing that uh, I'm shocked. What shocks me is that Miss Cabbage is still in power. Mm -hmm. My God, what is it, 35 years or something? I yeah, mean, well, he, groups he like did this, a, yeah. He did a very effective job of eradicating any possible competitors to himself. And he has relied on the fact that he got tax-exempt status as the crowning achievement that he did something that L. Ron Hubbard couldn't do, Rich. He tamed the U.S. government. L. Ron mm -hmm. Hubbard could not accomplish that. David Miscavige did. Mm -hmm. And that, to Scientologists, gaining that tax-exempt status is the the 
you know, he can do no wrong in their eyes for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And he, so he has parlayed that got and it. the fact that he got rid of any potential, you know, rivals to his power into a, an unassailable position. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, listen, we continue to do amazing. the work. Richard, you know, we continue to have these conversations. We continue to have podcasts and television shows and documentaries and blogs and is to continue to expose uh, Scientology. And we're not going to stop until it is stopped. And like, you know, they could be a religion all day, all night. They should not have tax exemption for these activities that they have done for five decades. Right. And so I wanted to talk about the new article that came out uh, in Forbes, right? It was a Forbes article. uh, Um, And the headline is Scientology ruthlessly harassed reporters, including me, which is you, for decades. Biden VP contender Karen Bass's statements about the cult just don't add up. So this is a speech from Karen Bass in 2010. She claimed it was in her district. News reports have come out that that was not true. Uh, was not in her district, uh, and she has made prior statements uh, setting support to Scientology. Um, she has since and since sent supportive accolades to Scientology for their various events. Right, right, Mike? Yes, in two thousand, Rich puts in his article in two thousand twelve. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you did. You and two thousand and thirteen. Right, exactly. With proclamations uh, right. for <laughs> yes. human rights education. Yes. <laughs> I, she and you know she spoke about Hubbard's exciting words. So uh, of course I quoted Hubbard a lot in my piece to show right. some exciting words of Hubbard. You know it's very bizarre. It's bizarre that she's one of Biden's top contenders to run with him as vice president. She doesn't seem to know how to do a Google search for five minutes any of those years. Mm-hmm. And she still hasn't retracted. Correct. She, that was she, my point. Well, she says everyone is, they've been exposed and everyone's now aware of the allegations. Allegations. Okay. Right. What do you think of the allegations, Congresswoman? Right. right. What do you right. think of the church? Talk. Right. So right. What, what's going on here? And right. I, it's all very weird. You know, I, 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 I called her, I contacted uh, her, her office in Washington and in California before I went to press. And I figured at some point I would hear, you know, no comment or, you know, thank you. But the Twitter statement is all we'll say. Nothing. Right. Right. It's been over 24, 30 hours. Right. Sitting here like that doesn't happen. Right. Right. I mean, it happens when it comes to to you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Something is something is really off here. Let me ask you guys. Do you guys think that. Um. She's been getting a lot of contributions by Scientologists. Do you think Scientology? I mean, what's with her staff? What's going on here? We don't really have any idea. We just have informed guesses okay. or, you know, information based on past experience. And there is a few things that could explain this, Rich. One she may have someone in her immediate staff or who she is personally connected to or who she respects who is, in fact, a Scientologist. I don't believe that she is. I, I really don't. No. But I, it's possible that she has some sort of a relationship with someone somehow that she does not want to offend because Scientologists go crazy about anybody saying anything negative about the about Scientology. Oh, oh yes. And um what was concerning and by the way people should know, we have come after other people who have supported Scientology. This has been covered extensively on Mike's blog, on the Scientology Money Project, on Tony Ortega. It's like we you yeah. you and that was my point Richard is that 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 soft a uh, bullshit response that she tweeted out, which was basically, "Look, you know, everybody deserves to believe what they want to believe," you know. And, well, that's and, true. But 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 when your beliefs are 
destroying, destroying families, other people, uh, of course. misappropriating funds uh, that you of with course. your tax exempt money, where you are abusing people physically, mentally, where there has been 1977, the FBI raided Scientology. They were convicted of the largest infiltration of government agencies. We're not talking about just some kind of innocuous little Hollywood cult. But I believe, this is just my opinion, she knows exactly what Scientology is up to. And it goes along with Mike is saying, there's some somebody she doesn't want to piss off there's some other reason because the truth is she is not saying the truth. She she didn't even come out and say, "All right, I fucked up." I mean, she doesn't have to say that because she's got class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, this is very serious. As I said in the Forbes article, this is serious stuff. Yes, it, right it now, is serious right stuff. now. And, and yes, I don't know. It's the L.A. Times or L.A. Magazine. Somebody should look into this. But it, it, it's the old freedom. You know, the Freedom magazines used to list members going through various stages of Scientology. Well, they don't uh, do, do they that now. Do? Oh, they don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> because of the internet, because uh, now people can Google somebody's name in Scientology and see that they have these completions. Yeah, they used to put out the Scientology uh, completions, right? Okay. So, yeah, so they don't so do seeing, that as seeing much. Seeing if somebody there is on her staff is impossible. Okay. Well, no, you can yeah, possibly it's not find... Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's not it impossible. It could be done. Absolutely. A, a good investigative resource, uh, journalist in Los Angeles could dig into this, and you made the point that someone should be. Yeah. Have there been contributions? There, That could be uh, another factor. Like, Scientology prides itself on, on convincing politicians that it has enormous political influence, that it has a voting block that is huge, that it has contributors who have a lot of money who can get behind a campaign. Now, this has been disproven as a fact in Clearwater recently, right. where Scientology has its headquarters, you know, spiritual headquarters in Clearwater and has been dominating the city for the last 30, 40 years. And Mark Bunker got elected right. to the city council, and Mark Bunker is in public enemy number one of Scientology, and they couldn't stop him getting elected. So uh, this, uh. but they had convinced politicians in Clearwater and in Florida that they have this huge voting block. And I once said to one of my friends, let's prove that that's bullshit. We'll just run someone for elected office who they hate and they won't be able to stop it. And that turned out to be Mark Bunker. And that's true. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that a Karen Bass or, you know, the mayor of Sacramento or any of the other people who have stepped up and made public statements endorsing or supporting Scientology don't believe that that's true. I think right. some of them still do believe it's mm-hmm. true and that because they have Scientology yeah. has persuaded them over and over and over that this is the case. And, you know, that has probably some play or role in her unwillingness to go. I mean, the easy thing for her to have done would have been just turn around and say, look, that was in that was 10 years ago i knew i uh, stupidly i knew nothing i do not support them in any way shape or form that's all she had to say yeah i don't support them i've since learned i don't support them but she, yeah why didn't she say that because it's she crazy. supports them it's because it's she does yes, right and i gotta and, say going back to you know 30 hours later or 40 hours, where's my return uh, call? Uh, right. Just, you know, major publication, major right. article, something, no comment. Thanks right. for your interest. Yeah, that's weird. And, and it makes me think, what kind of a vice president would she be? Mm-hmm. Would, would this be a pattern in terms of just not responding? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, or not looking. All right. And... Or- and not, ad- <laughs> and not admitting the truth, saying one thing, I've never, I didn't know anything about it when, when there was much, there was so much on Scientology before 2010, 
And then to say that was the one time that I did, I was at a ribbon cutting, trying to make it like it wasn't a big deal. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, look, if she's picked, you know, she's a heartbeat away from the presidency, mm-hmm. 77-year-old Biden. Right. So right. she's got some explaining to do. I agree. I agree. I well, agree. Listen, thank you. Richard, thank you for continuing to tell the story. I mean, that's, you know, somebody like you who's been through the ringer with Scientology, as you have... Yeah. No, they, thank you, thank you. Uh, could say, no, listen, nothing. there's other people covering nothing. the story. There's other people covering the story. I want nothing to do with it. Somebody will cover it. I don't, but you continue to cover it and you continue to expose uh, what needs to be exposed. And, and we thank you for well, all thank that you, you have both. done. You guys and, are and fabulous. I really enjoyed this too. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, you did? Thank you for having me. Of I course. did. We were elated. Why does it have to end? You don't because like we don't want to say we love you. you. Like we don't me. want to take more of your time. <laughs> Richard, so what has been the response to the current article in, in Forbes? Um, I've gotten some uh, emails from editors of major publications who complimented the piece a lot. I don't know if any of them are looking into those areas that I think need to be probed. I don't know. One of the things I did point out that I think was important in my Forbes article yesterday was um, I listed major exposés that were done on the church and who did them. Yes. Um, Starting in the 70s. I'm sure I left out some great ones, but I remember them off the top of my head from the 70s on up to 2009. Because that seems to be Congresswoman Bass's cutoff point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she says, well, after I talked, you know, I gave those comments, you know, then exposés came out and allegations as if nothing happened before. Right, right, right. And, and sorry, that doesn't fly. Right, right. You're wrong. And here right. they are. And I just boom, 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 boom. Right. And, and, and let's not forget, Rich, the one thing that wasn't on your list that I went, yeah. And how about the fact that, that uh, you'd mentioned it earlier that in 1977, the FBI raided Scientology and 11 senior officials of Scientology pled guilty, including Mary Sue Hubbard, the wife of L. Ron Hubbard, mm-hmm. to engaging in a massive conspiracy against the United States government and a hundred other Officers, uh, the AMA, the Better Business right. Bureau, lawyers, etc., etc. I mentioned et et that the infiltrations. Mm-hmm. Where was she? <laughs> right, right. The, the uh, this is in L.A. A lot happens. Uh, what are you going to do? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? I love you, slow New York. <laughs> what are you going to do? All we could do is what we could do, and we're you're, doing it. You're from Queens, right? Brooklyn. It's, Brooklyn, Ben. Yes. Oh, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Queens. Queens. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the sorry. that's the that's okay. the king of Queens. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that was anyway, a TV show. Listen, Richard. Thank you again. Wonderful, lovely, wonderful. and thank, thank you, you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Thank you both. We Thanks, Thanks so much, Rich. Thank yes. you. And thank you all for listening. Until next week. <laughs>